Thank you for joining us here at the First Presbyterian Church and the First Love Ministries in Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, Called Disciples. Our liturgist today is Amy Veith. Our special music is performed by the church chancel choir titled, Gracious Spirit, Dwell With Me. Our scripture reading comes to us from Isaiah 49, 1-7. And the gospel reading is taken from John 1, 20-42. We pray here at the First Love Ministries that you have a success-filled week, good health spiritually and physically. God bless to all of you and yours. The scripture reading today comes from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 7. Let us listen to the word of God. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword, and in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver he hid me, and he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is the Lord, and my reward is my God. And now the Lord says, Whom formed me in the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him? and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant and raise up tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, and slave of the rulers. Kings shall see and stand up. Princes, they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful. The Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you, the leader, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. truth to see I would be like 
gospel reading comes to us from the gospel of John, from the first chapter beginning with the 29th verse. Let us listen to the word of God. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two saw them. And they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, 
You are Simon, son of John. You are called to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This summer when I attended Synod School, I met Reverend Thomas Willardson, who was teaching a class about preaching. I figured I could learn a bit more about preaching. This pastor was eclectic. He always had nerdy puns and jokes and sarcasm. They were all mixed together. We hit it off, and some of his jokes landed, while others went over my head. He uh, sold me one of his eclectic books that he had written, and in his book, he said he'd always been good with words and writing, and it was a big reason that he became a pastor. Now, for me, I like to hear and tell a good story, but I've never been that great at writing. It used to always bother me at school. I'd get decent grades, but writing wasn't something I loved to do. I, I still struggle with it. So let's just say newsletter articles are not my thing. My new friend and colleague, Pastor Thomas Willitson, shares the following about today's scripture lesson. He says this, The two most important words I used as a father of young children were, Show me. In today's gospel lesson, two of John the baptizer's followers ask Jesus where he's staying, and Jesus replies, Come and see. He didn't give them an address. He didn't answer their question directly. Did he ever answer a question directly? He invited, ordered them to come and see, and they did. Following my sons to things that were exciting to them was always better than sitting still and having them tell me with words. So even as a pastor who loved words and writing, he recognizes that seeing and experiencing things really matters. In fact, this was and still is the best way that I learned things. Certainly, reading, classwork, writing are great teaching tools. But the best way most of us actually learn is by experiencing things. Now, Jesus knows this too. So it's not surprising that when he, was interest, when he has interested disciples, Jesus says, come and see. Recently, Lydia asked me why I go to so many evening meetings at church. Now, I don't love meetings. Sometimes meetings aren't super fun. But this is what I shared with her. You know how we have St. Andrew Sunday or messy church or youth group? It doesn't just happen. As a church, we come together and we make plans in advance at my favorite meetings. So meetings help. Make God's important ministry happen. Presbytos in Greek means elders. We are a church of presbytos, of elders. And Presbyterians operate by those elders' committees. We have a committee for everything. When we want to change the hymnal, we set up a committee. In order to maintain the building, we have a building and grounds committee, we have an inclusion committee. We have a nominating committee that you'll hear from later today. So as we get ready to elect church officers, elders, and deacons today as a church, and next week as they're installed and commissioned, it's fitting that we see how Jesus calls his first disciples. According to scholar and blogger John Petty, there is more to the words in today's scripture reading 
than we probably know. Jesus keeps asking his disciples what they're seeking. And in Greek, the word for seeking is zetete. The word is used 23 times in this fourth gospel. Therefore, today's lesson and this gospel is about seeking. It's a lesson full of interesting questions and surprising answers. Jesus asks the disciples what they're looking for, and they, in turn, answer with a question asking where he's staying. Jesus doesn't answer their seeking with a long answer of any kind. He doesn't lecture or debate or explain it all in length. He knows that the sermon isn't going to convince them. Instead, Jesus' response to them is, come and see. He basically tells them to come and check it out for themselves. I re- recently reread the book Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Steven Spielberg turned it into a movie, but the book is 1,000 times better. It's set in a dystopian future where the world's resources are all used up, the economy's awful, there's plagues, there's hunger. So everybody wants to escape this real world. They all live, the way they do this is they all live in a virtual world. And it's called the Oasis. Suddenly, the founder of this virtual reality world, the Oasis, dies. And since he has no living heir, he leaves a pre-recorded message announcing one final game in the Oasis. A contest where the victor must go through these three really challenging, impossible tasks in order to unlock the hidden golden Easter egg. Whoever wins this game will become the sole heir of the entire company. It's a 500, maybe it's a 500, I don't know, billions, trillions company. It's like a futuristic virtual Willy Wonka. Main character Wade Watts is in a race against the world for half a decade, and he, along with most of the world, live and breathe the oasis with no reason to escape this fictional world. At one point... The founder of the Oasis says, I created the Oasis because I never felt at home in the real world. I didn't know how to connect with the people there. I was afraid for all of my life, right up until I knew it was ending. That's when I realized, as terrifying and painful as reality can be, it's it's also the only place where you can find true happiness. Because reality is real. While the book is a fun ride, it also hits home. We can find lots of escapes for our present reality, especially when there are plagues, especially when there are heartache, especially when there are things that burden us. Maybe it's through social media, might even be through books, the internet, Entertainment, sports, hobbies, those things are good, but sometimes they escape us beyond reality. That's probably a lot easier today to escape than 2,000 years ago. In our scripture lesson, the disciples are a bit hesitant. And Jesus responds to their many questions with something simple. Come and see. Come and check it out for yourselves. Be part of it. I'm tweaking what is said in the book. As terrifying and painful as reality can be, 
they discover that Christ is the only place where you can find true happiness because God's reality is real. This is the best way to experience life. Now, a few weeks ago, John Nelson and I were having a frank conversation about the effects of COVID in our church, the good and the bad. It was nice to hear not everything was bad, uh, but one thing he shared had some uncomfortable truth to it. He said, COVID killed our committees. Initially, it was a bit jarring, but I realized that he wasn't completely wrong. Now, first, I want to say that our elders and committees overall, especially considering all the challenges that we faced with COVID, have had to lead during a very challenging time. In fact, they deserve medals for keeping our church going through such trauma. But among all the things that COVID has done is that it's been rough to get all of our committees back to fully operational, partly because nobody wants another meeting. But it's part of how we Presbyterians do church. And it's how we can do such amazing ministry in the world. Not just by one person, but by a team of folks. We're not called to do this alone. Even Jesus called others to be part of ministry. Just regular people, folks who had lots of questions, who kept making mistakes, didn't have it all together. The truth is, it's impossible to do God's ministry on our own. Today, we're having a meeting to elect officers to our church. And next week, as I said, we're ordaining and installing them. And one of the promises that we make in calling and installing our church leaders is as a church, we promise to support and help them. We make this promise to show up to help When an elder calls, be part of a committee, come check it out. Come and see. Especially in a year, our church is preparing for your pastor to take a three-month-long summer sabbatical, something that our leaders and our church can't do alone. In fact, I think this sabbatical will help renew our church to be the ones who God calls. Because it will force us to be presbytos, run by elders, led by elders, led by our church officers. Now, I could tell you and debate and preach all the reasons to be part of a church, support your leaders to be part of a committee, but it won't convince you to do it. I do know it's part of how we as Presbyterians do church, and we must be the church. We're called to support and help our church leaders. As terrifying and painful as reality can be, Christ is the only place where you can find true happiness because God's reality is real. Jesus tells his disciples, Jesus tells us to come and see This is the best way to experience life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, 
Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.